0: This is uh, from Numbers, Balaam's final prophecy. I see him, but not now. I beheld him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Sarah also, his enemy, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly, And one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dave and Debbie. A few weeks ago, I was getting ready to leave for work in the morning. It was an ordinary weekday, and I came downstairs to get my jacket and keys and to say goodbye, but I was stopped. I needed to get through a hallway as normal, but it was blocked at the end. At the end of the hallway, With arms stretched from wall to wall, stood my three-year-old son with a big smile. I wanted to get to work, and in good-natured fun, he wanted to stop me. In the book of Numbers, someone wanted to stop the people of God. The people of Israel were about to enter Canaan. They stood on the plains of Moab. Across the Jordan River lay the promised land. It was right there. But an enemy desperately wanted to stop them in their tracks. Balak, the king of Moab, had hired a famous magician to curse Israel. On the verge of entering the promised land, would God's people be stopped? Like God's people in the past, you are headed for the promised land. And you too have sworn enemies who are desperate to curse you. Enemies like sin, your own sin and the sin of others. Enemies like suffering and death, real life people who hate and persecute Christians. Your adversary, the devil, who is like a prowling and roaring lion. Can your enemies curse you and prevent you from entering the promised land? The correct answer, thanks be to God, is no. No, they can't. And this passage tells us why not. So, in this short sermon, I want to focus on three questions. First, what is promised? Second, how is the promise fulfilled? And number three, how will you respond to this good news? So, once again, number one, what's promised? Number two, how is the promise fulfilled? And number three, how will you respond to this good news? So first, what's promised? Here's how verse 17 begins. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Who's saying these divinely inspired words? Balaam, a pagan magician a Gentile from the east. Do you recall a story in the Bible about a talking donkey? The donkey belonged to this guy, Balaam, a famous and godless magician. Now, what does Balaam see in the distance? Actually, the better question is, who? Who does he see? Him. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near Balaam, who? Who do you see? The prophecy continues. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Star and scepter are metaphors for a king. Balaam looks into the distance, and what does he see? He sees a king. And what will this promised king do? He will crush his enemies. The end of verse 17 says, "It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheph." Sheph is either another name for Moab, or one of the peoples that lived close to Moab. In either case, they are enemies who the promised king will crush, and his, and his victory march goes on. Verse 18 says, "Edom shall be dispossessed." Seir also, his enemy, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly. Seir is another name for Edom. Along with the Moabites, the Edomites were enemies of Israel. But Israel's promised king will come and take possession of their land. Led by this king, I think you could say that Israel is doing valiantly. In verse 19, the prophecy ends with a ringing proclamation. It says, And one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. So do you see what Balaam is seeing? Do you see? A king will come and he will crush, he will conquer, he will defeat his enemies. At the end of verse 19, the prophecy says that he will destroy the survivors of the cities. What do you think that means? The survivors of the cities. In the last line, I think it's more likely that cities should be translated the city. And here's why. The word city is only used two times in this story. From start to finish, the word city is only used two times. So in the larger context of chapters 22, 23 and 24 the word city appears two times. The first time is way back in chapter 22 after Balak the king of Moab sent for Balaam. The king sends for Balaam and it says when Balak heard that Balaam was coming he went out to meet him at the city of Moab. The city of Moab. Now Balaam prophesies that the king will destroy the survivors of the city. Only one city has been mentioned in the story so far. It's the city of Moab. So, why does this matter? Here's why. Don't miss the irony. Balak, the king of Moab, called in Balaam to curse God's people, but according to Balaam, who will be cursed? Who will be cursed? Not Israel. But Moab, like a boomerang, Balak's curse that he tried to send out comes back and falls on him. It's as though Balaam says to Balak, you want to curse God's people, the people whom God has determined to bless? You want to try and curse them? Then you will be cursed. Moab will be destroyed by the coming king of Israel. So what's promised is this. A king will come, and he will crush his enemies. Second, how is this promise fulfilled? Let me ask you. Do you think it was fulfilled by King David? In part, yes. We could look at passages in 2 Samuel. Can you guess who King David conquered? Moab. Moab. And Edom. But after so many years, what happened to David? He died. The kingdom of Israel was split in two and exiled. Later prophets spoke of the coming destruction of Moab and Edom. So the Old Testament ends with God's people still longing for the promised king. And the New Testament begins with good news the king has come. And who Who heralds the news but Gentiles from the east? We read in the Gospel of Matthew, Now after after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Where is he? So the star has come. The promised king will come and conquer his enemies. Balaam's ancient prophecy is about to be fulfilled. But would you have expected a king like Jesus? When he arrives on the scene, he doesn't sit down on a throne. As a helpless newborn baby, he's wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger. Jesus was nearly killed along with the other boys in Bethlehem by King, David, uh, by king Herod. And the day would come when Jesus would be killed. He would be nailed to a cross and left to die. By all appearances, the crucifixion looked like the most shameful defeat. There, the king was mocked by men, cursed by God, defeated by his enemies. He was buried. And it seemed like Balaam's prophecy died with him. Death, sin, Satan, the world, all had seemingly won. But Jesus came back to life. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Jesus defeated death. He conquered Satan, he crushed sin, and he promises to save you and me and all who will put their faith and trust in Christ alone. The reality is that we were once God's enemies. Like Moab and Edom, we were enemies who deserved destruction. But in his sovereign grace, God chose to send his son to be a shining light on you, to save the nations, He determined that the coming star would shine his saving light on us, you and me. We have been reconciled to God through the death of his son. So how is this promise in Numbers 22 fulfilled? Well, it's already been fulfilled in the first coming, the first advent of Christ. But it will be finally and perfectly and constantly fulfilled at his return. The day is coming when Christ will crush every ruler and every authority and every power who defies him as king. The day is coming when death and sin and Satan, every enemy, will be no more. A star shall come and a scepter shall rise. Jesus is coming again. And this brings us this brings us to our third and final question. How will you respond to this good news? How will you respond? You and all people will either receive God's blessing of everlasting life in Christ, or you will receive God's curse and everlasting punishment apart from Christ. Your fate depends on how you respond to this good news of Jesus Christ. Will you be like Balaam? Will you be like Balaam? He spoke the words of this prophecy a long, 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 long time ago. He spoke these words. Surely Balaam, after speaking this prophecy, surely he would have repented of his sins. Surely he would have believed by faith in the coming king. Surely Balaam would have left his people and joined Israel in worshiping the true God. He didn't. He didn't. He stayed with the enemies of Israel. And in just a few chapters, what do we read? Israel killed Balaam with the sword. I can't help but think that some here today are following in Balaam's footsteps. You have heard the good news of a promised king, you have heard the good news of Jesus who came to die for our sins, but you do not believe. And the word to you is, bow your knee to the true king of kings before you too, like Balaam, are crushed forever. Admit that you are a sinner who deserves God's punishment. Believe in Jesus alone who died on the cross for your sins. Commit your life to obeying and worshiping Jesus Christ, the true king. This is what other Gentiles from the east did at the coming of Christ. As we read in the Gospel of Matthew, when the Magi saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Like the Magi, so many of you are gathered here today to worship Christ, your King. He's your king. You long for his return. You love him, and you're filled with joy. Like God's people in the past, you are headed for the promised land. And like God's people in the past, you have sworn enemies. You have enemies who are desperate to curse you. In the hallway of your life, you're not facing a three-year-old boy With a big smile on his face. You're facing real enemies who threaten to curse and defeat you. For some of you, what stands in the hallway is death itself. You're grieving the death of a beloved family member or friend. You're wondering if this will be the last Christmas with an aging parent or grandparent. Your aging body makes you think more and more about your own death. And death feels like it's going to crush you, like it's going to dominate you and define you. You start to wonder and doubt, is the resurrection really true? Is it true? Has God forsaken his promise to bless me? In the hallway of your life, what may stand in the hallway is not A three-year-old boy with a smile on his face, but your own perverse sin. There it stands, threatening to master you, to dominate you, to curse you, and you begin to wonder if the lies are true. Am I still a slave to my sin? In the hallway of your life, what threatens to curse you? Death, your own sin, the sin of others, the hard things in life. Your enemies may not take a paid day off tomorrow for the Christmas holiday. Who will be there staring you down, threatening to define you and curse you and defeat you? So brothers and sisters in Christ, look past your enemies and look upon your King. All of your enemies are subject to him, to Jesus Christ, the resurrected king of kings. The slain lamb is standing. The crucified Christ is risen. So you can't be undone by your worst enemies. Death, it ushers you into glory. Your suffering, it's sharing in the sufferings of Christ, who's now glorified. You are a slave, not to sin, but to righteousness, and you're clothed in Christ's righteousness. The day is coming when all these things that you believe today, by faith, you will see with your own eyes. You will see your enemies lie crushed beneath the feet of King Jesus. So in the hallway of your life, look again at your enemies. Your enemies are desperate because they know they have lost. They're bleeding out with a mortal wound from the sword of Christ. Be comforted by these truths and live today and tomorrow and this week like they are true. Your God in Christ is determined to bless you. It doesn't mean that you won't fight and war today and tomorrow, but he's determined to bless you and he will bring you safely to the promised land. So friends and church family, we see him, but not now. We behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. King Jesus will crush his enemies, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen? Amen. This is uh, from Numbers